This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the Endless Summer Sale, August 26th through September 5th, and get 30% off paints and stains with prices starting at $29.39. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our preview of the upcoming match for Sunday for Fulham against Wolves. We'll be talking about that near the end of the show. We have a lot to talk about that really has nothing to do with the upcoming Wolves match because it's been a rough week for Fulham. We're going to go through it. If you have any topics for Max and I, please feel free to share it in the comments section. We're live on my Twitter account, live on the Cottage Talk Facebook page, and also live on my Facebook page. So we're live in three places, my friend. And boy, I I, I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to go right to you, Max. Just give me your opening thoughts on the week that has happened for Fulham. It's been horrible. It has been horrible. Uh, it's gotten to the point, Russ, where it's not fun to, to watch Fulham play at all. It's it's just a lot of sadness. At some points, you just have to think, how have we gotten to this? You know, it was what, August? The first week of August, we were on a high, winning the playoff final, and we're in the first week of October, and it feels like a low point for the club in recent memory, you know? 
we just seem to have lost all the goodwill that we generated. And I think it came to a four in the Brentford match because we got humiliated by a championship team, by our rivals. It was a local derby. And it wasn't that we lost the cup, right? I, no one really cared too much about the Carabao. Right. It was that we got humiliated. And you have the sense that losing mentality, which killed us in 2018-19, is back. And, you know, once again, the habit of losing, and Scott Parker has said this better than anyone else, once again, that habit of losing, it's infectious. It's a terrible infection to spread throughout the team. And it's that negative feeling, heads drop, performances, there's no confidence. And we saw that in the pitch. It wasn't just that we lost 3-0. We looked the team bereft of any confidence. And that's not even talking about the Villa match, which is a disgrace. So, so we have a terrible performance on the pitch. The manager, Scott Parker, hasn't come up with any answers. He's in a very tough job. I don't envy his position. He's done, not, he's done nothing to help himself, though. And you have a public feud between director of football and the manager. And the worst thing, Ross, is people are laughing at us. It's no longer that we're trying our best, we can't do it. We're literally descending into chaos in front of everyone's eyes. And, and it's a depressing moment. It's a very depressing moment to be a Fulham fan because people are laughing at us. We never want to be laughed as a football fan. And I think as Fulham fans, we have this a bit of an inferiority complex, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we just got promoted. We feel like we're a Premier League club, but the Premier League doesn't really accept us. And everything's being proven true right now. Is that we're not nearly good enough for this level. And we're just getting exposed. And, and when uh, Ben Rama nutmegged Hector last night, Oh, that was horrible. That summed it up. Not only did we concede the goal, we conceded the goal and were humiliated in the process. And I think that just describes Fulham at the moment better than anything else. Okay, very good. We're going to talk about the terrible week for Fulham. I'm just going to share my opening thoughts and I'm going to touch on a few topics we've already talked about. And it has been a terrible week for Fulham. There's no way of getting around that. And uh, we will talk about the situation with obviously the two losses. We'll go through them. Briefly, I already shared my thoughts about Tony Khan and Scott Parker, but I definitely want to go a little bit into that as well with you, Max. And uh, there's no way getting around it. It has been a terrible week. But let's just start here because you brought up a topic that I want to talk about because it involves us, okay? And here it is, and I put it in bold letters. We are a laughing stock. You said this. Other fans have said this. And uh, I, I want to talk about this because – it's um, something that, again, with the tough beginning of the season, we're all hearing it. We're back in the Premier League, so everything is heightened, Max. You would agree with that. If we started the season slowly in the championship, it wouldn't be like that, but we're back in the championship. I'm coming out of, sorry, the, the championship into the Premier League, and we are everywhere as a laughingstock. And here is my thoughts on that. And... Uh, it's partially from where I live. Ignore the noise. I know I know it's easy, easier said than done, my friend. But none of this matters. We're, you know, yes, we are a laughing stock. I understand what you're saying to fans and pundits around, but they don't matter to me. They, they absolutely don't matter to me. What matters is you, me, the phone supporters, the club. They're the ones that matter. We love our club. So I could care less what these pundits are saying about us, Max. I could care less if fans are poking fun at us, listen, I've got messages like you wouldn't believe and I'm just laughing back at them because I really don't care, Max. So my advice is ignore the noise because in the end, you and I are both foam supporters and it doesn't matter. I would love to ignore the noise, Ross, <laughs> but you can't ignore the noise when it's coming from your own director of football tweeting out the most insane things after a 3-0 loss. 
right? Okay, let's talk I, about you that. Can't, you can't ignore that. And, and that's why I think I want to make a point is that. Sure, let's go. Let's go and talk I, about that. But on one hand, you're right. Like the pundits, Jamie Carragher, whoever you have, you know, Roy Keane, yep. whoever's sitting in that pundit box, Sky Sports, BB, whatever. You're right. They don't matter to Fulham. They don't. But they're talking about things that do matter to Fulham because we have Tony Khan tweeting, getting in fights with fans, saying we should be content to be a yo-yo club, right? And then you have Scott Parker going and saying, oh, I haven't spoken with Tony. I think he spoke with him yesterday, maybe. But early on, he said, I hadn't spoken with Tony. You know, his comments aren't helpful. I'm disappointed by the way he apologized for the performance. I mean, that's when the noise actually affects the players because it's a public feud out in the open. And I can't even imagine what the players are thinking. They just got him being 3-0 two times in a week. And added on to that, there's a public spat between the two most important people in the club. Yep. Listen, this is where you and I are in agreement. And I'm going to say this again. I said this on my little rant that I did a few days ago. I understand why Tony initially tweeted because he had been called out so many times, Max, for not tweeting after a loss. So he does this. But what he did was wrong. Let's just start there because he undermined Scott Parker, undermined the players. He probably thought he was doing the right thing, but it was the wrong thing. My advice to Tony Khan is to delete your Twitter account. Delete it. Do not tweet at all. Do not tweet after victories, losses. Stop. Just stop. Because you've made this public. And then Scott Parker and his presser also made it public. And that is what then transpired into what we're talking about coming off as a laughing stock. I'm ignoring that noise, but you're talking about the bigger issue. And I agree with you because I'm glad that you brought us here because we could talk about the communication. It all needs to be behind the scenes. It should not be public for us to see. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. It's a terrible look. And that's where you get this laughing stock comments from yourself and from others because it looks so bad. So they, they need to get on the same page and work this out behind the scenes, not publicly. Yeah, and let's take a step back, and, and I'm, I'm remiss to not have mentioned it by now. You know, eight minutes in, it's October the 2nd. We play Wolves on Sunday. Yes. And we've not signed a central defender. <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous, Ross. It's ridiculous. And that's, that's why this is such – you mentioned a terrible week. Because yeah. we haven't even addressed the problems everyone can see. And it's, it's, been two, it's been three, four weeks of us saying, buy a center back, buy a center back. Where is the center back? It's not here. You just read to me a rumor before the show. We got this. Yep. We might have been getting this person from PSV, Baumgartel. What? I mean, I'd love it, but it's not confirmed. I thought who that guy is. And yep. that, that reminds me of the stuff we did in 2018. We got European people from the continent. Never played in England before. You know, oh, maybe we'll be good. No. I, it's, we're, not getting the play, we're not getting the top targets we want. We're not getting any targets. I, I don't have anything to say at this point because – We've, we're now well into the Premier League season. We have four, four matches in, almost a month in, and we haven't signed the, the position we need the most. Instead, what are we doing? Director of football is personally replying to tweets, tagging him, saying, you should be content with a yo-yo club. I saw that. And again, this goes back what, to... What, what is that? What is that? What is again, that, Ross? Oh, I, I'm with you it's on that. unprofessional and yes. it's laughingstock behavior. And that's why I said it, because that's what laughingstocks do. They focus on Twitter feuds instead of signing players for the actual job. That's okay. no, no, no one can disagree with that. Again, this isn't a this isn't a personal attack. No. It's not a controversial statement. It's a it's a failure of responsibility. And what? How many Monday is the transfer window? We close on the fifth, the fifth of October. You think we're gonna buy setbacks by then? I hope we are. We're leaving it late. We're leaving it awfully late. 
Yeah, listen, I can't disagree with what you're saying, Max. And the only thing I will say, I think Tony's doing everything he can humanly possible to get things done. Okay. I, I believe that. I okay, really believe but. that, but that's not true because he's two other jobs, two other full-time <laughs> jobs. It's, you can't okay. possibly make a statement. He's doing everything he humanly can. If that was the case, Russ, if that was the case, he would have said, I'm stepping back from Jaguars. I'm stepping back from the wrestling. That's everything humanly possible. He's not done that. And that tells you all you need to know about what he actually feels about Fulham. Because I believe, I believe he actually wants to care about them. I do. I don't think he hates the club. But he has to realize, by his actions not prioritizing the club, Fulham fans are going to hold it against him. Because this is our club. Again, we don't follow wrestling. We don't follow the Jacksonville Jaguars. We right. follow Fulham. And we cannot accept anyone else not giving 100%. And he can say, I'm working 24-7. And I don't have to be in London to make the deals. You can say all of that, and I see those points. does not hide the fact that if he was a full-time employee or if he hired one, we're not saying get out of the club. Get some help. It's like VAR for the refs. Get them some help. Get Tony Khan some help. Hire some more people or a full-time director of football. You might oversee them or work alongside them. You can't do the job on your own when you're doing two other full-time jobs. You okay. can't. And this is why when I'm a center back. And it's not the root of all the problems. There are other people at the club. I don't want to make him a scapegoat. But it's very okay. easy for people to point the finger when he's getting in Twitter fights, when he's posting stuff about wrestling, when he's posting stuff about American football, and we've not gotten the position we've needed ever since we beat Brentford. The moment the final whistle went, everyone knew. It's October the 2nd. How? How are we in this position? How are we in this position? Because the, the director of football has two other jobs. Okay. Well, I'm going to share this because uh, I'm going to actually disagree what Daniel just shared here. Um, this is just Antonio's three children in Fulham. This is least favorite. I'm not sure about that. That was actually the wrong one, but um, but that's interesting that that he said that. But this is the one that that I wanted to share. He's not doing everything he can, and here's why. I'm going to actually agree with what Daniel's saying because I actually said he is. Well, if he was doing everything he could, he would not have sent out Alfie Moss, and that to me was a mistake. So that's what I'm saying. And he hasn't brought in a replacement. So I think there have been mistakes done and we don't have the players that we need. So I see what Daniel's saying. I think he's trying very hard. Maybe I, I, I shouldn't have said he's doing everything that he can because obviously there have been mistakes made and the players aren't here yet. But he's obviously trying to get the players that we need. And what's interesting, going, going back to that other comment, Max, and, uh, you know, I'm a father. I have, I have two kids. And uh, I look at it this way. I can balance, you know, two kids, you know, you know, and uh, that's a very important job being a father. So I try to do my best for both kids. So why can't Tony do the same for three different entities, Max? Because because we're greedy. Russ. I'll, be, I'll be completely <laughs> honest. Fulham, we're the greedy child. We want all the milk. We okay. want all the food. We don't okay. want to that because that's because we don't we don't. Here's the, here's the deal about your, your, your kids, right? Your kids right. are siblings, right? They're right. they love each yeah. other. They've grown up together. Yeah. Fulham can I couldn't give a shit about the Jaguars or AEW. <laughs> I'm not related to them, but Tony thinks it because they're all they're Tony's children. Yeah. There are stepchildren. I don't even think they're stepchildren. They're I don't even know who they are. They're not really we don't care about them, but he cares about them. So they're yep. his children. Yep. I don't want nothing to do with the fake wrestling. I want nothing to do with a laughing stock of an NFL franchise. Okay. Okay. I don't care. I don't and honestly, it's not that I don't care. I definitely want them actually to do poorly because I want Tony to focus on us. Okay. You know, and, and that's listen. I mean, that's not a nice thing to say, but we're Fulham supporters. This is cottage talk. This isn't AEW talk. This isn't right. Jaguars talk, right? No, we want Fulham to do well, 
And it's the most demanding league in the world at Premier yep. I, I think I can say that. Okay. And you can't do this demanding league when you have two other two, two other things in your plate, full-time things. Okay. 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 I'm going to go. One last thing I'll say about this, Ross. I know, yeah. I know it's a rant. And I'm going a bit too long. Yeah, I'll say that's this. okay. I think Tony Khan also is a very smart person. Yeah. I, I admire what he's done with, with his business uh, portfolio. And I think he's very personable. He's charismatic and, and can, has a mind that can launch ideas. That I really admire entrepreneurship. Yeah. But I think it has its limits and we're seeing the limits and it's nothing personal against him because honestly, I don't have anything. I, people attack him. Yeah. Terrible, salacious claim. Obviously just trying to get under his skin. I, I condemn that. I condemn anything personal about him. But as, as supporters of a club, we have the right to critically analyze the people who are at the top making the big decisions. We watch the matches. We, we pay the wages. We go to the matches. We, we pay for all the streaming services. Sure. We buy the merchandise. As fans, we're allowed to criticize but not attack personally. I'm criticizing. Right. It's certainly within my rights to say he cannot hold all these positions at once, and okay. we as fans deserve better. And that's what I want to say. There's no hard feelings here. That's just a fan critically analyzing the high-paid top positions of the club that determine our future. Okay. And I disagree with this, and I know other fans have said this. And, and Daniel, thank you for pointing that out. I don't know if Fulham are his least of his children. That's very interesting then that you had um, commented that, and I, and I did share it a couple times. I just think that he thinks he can do it all. And – that's the way I look at it. I think that he thinks that he can manage all three. And listen, there are businessmen that can manage four or five different businesses at the same time, Max. But I, I get your point. You only care about this one. So that's why it matters so much to you. You don't care about the others. He's looking at it. I can manage all three. And because he loves all three, he sees them as his children. So that's where he's coming from on that. And I've actually seen other important people in sports, you know, and again, you, you don't like when I bring up the New England Patriots, but Bill Belichick is his own general manager. He's managing two full-time jobs and he does it. And he gets criticized for being the general manager. What if Bill Belichick said, I, I want to buy a stake in, in the Red Sox. So I, I want to be the Bruins assistant coach. Or I want to do some scouting for the Celtics. I mean, it's laughable. No one else does this in sport. Please point me to an example. Cause maybe I'm forgetting. What other person manages an NFL franchise, a wrestling franchise, and a soccer franchise. There is no one. There is no one. He's probably the only one that does that. Don't compare it to Belichick. Come on, Russ. I know you love Belichick. That's a terrible comparison. Just like the, the children analogy is a failure of logic. If you even think about, I have three kids, I love them equally. Right. No, they're your kids, but Fulham has no relation to your other two children. Don't call, don't, don't group us in with them, please. Okay. Okay. Boy, this is getting off to a fiery beginning, my friend, but it's good. It's all good. It's all good. But I'm glad that you mentioned this because you're coming on here, I'm coming on here, and we're not here to make personal attacks. We're not attacking Tony Khan. We're not attacking Scott Parker. This is our critique. This is our criticism because we're fans and we care. And, and honestly, just I, I feel some, I feel empathetic. I, I feel bad for Tony Khan. That must be a terrible life to live, to manage threefold. I would be stressed out of my mind. I admire that he's trying to make it work, but this almost comes from a point of, I, I care about the guy and I want him to live a good life and, and succeed, not be stressed out 24 seven. Just get, cut yourself some slack. You know, no human being can do it all. It, it's a stressful time. There's coronavirus, there's economic downturn. Just get some, like get some help within your business. Like this isn't attacking and this isn't wanting to fail. I want everyone to succeed. And I think people can step up and acknowledge that it's the impossible task to run three jobs. And, yep. and I admire that he thinks he can do it. But again, we've seen that it's just not the case. Yep. It's just not the case. 
Okay, I'm going to share some comments. You'll like this one. Very well summed Here's up, Mad Max. Appreciate it. That's a, that's a dapper <laughs> profile picture. Looking good. <laughs> okay, this is from a friend of mine. I would disagree that Fulmar or Laughingstock, the Premier League, is a tough step up from the championship. He's right. We know this. But it the way it's being portrayed by other fans, it makes us look as, as a Laughingstock. And, of course, what's going on publicly with yeah. the uh, – Director of football and sure. the head coach makes us look like. But, but like again, the Premier League is a tough step up. Couldn't agree yep. more. I've been saying on this show for weeks that we have to realize this league is unforgiving. But let's just compare what happened at the weekend. West Bromwich Albion, a team who only started the season as poor as we do, and yep. have a squad I'd say probably level on quality with us, and not anything special, widely expected to go, to go down. They go three 0 up against Chelsea, who have had one of the best transfer windows. They score three yep. goals against Chelsea, get a draw. Meanwhile, we're losing to Villa three 0 So you're right. I'm not comparing us against the top teams in the league. Comparison to teams who are level with us, uh, West Brom, the like, yep. and we're so much worse, and that's why we're laughing. Stop. Okay, I'm going to just keep sharing some comments. This is from Brian Lake. If you don't sign the players you know you needed, what do you expect? We're not a premier team. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah, and then Brian hits it right in the head. It's actually really simple. Like We can talk for an hour, um, and I'll have a great conversation, but it could just be said in a couple of sentences. The team's no good. It's a bad team. You look through, at, through the team, and how many players would start in another Premier League team in our side currently? Mitrovic, maybe Angisa. Oh, I think I think at least them. Who? We don't know. We don't know about the goalkeeper yet, but possibly. The he, I mean, uh, listen, he's look, he looks very shit. I mean, it, and when you look at that, and you, we can't name more than three or four off the top of our head, why are we surprised we're doing so poorly? The team's no good. It's a failure to upgrade. The team's no, it's not a Premier League team. Thank Brian. Perfect point. We're not a Premier League team. We've no Premier League players except for probably a handful. How can you stay up with with only a handful of Premier League players? Interesting take there, my friend. I'm going to share another comment before we move on. This is from Alexander Salsano. Tony Khan needs to either be 100% form or leave to someone else. This is goes along with your commentary, Max. It's a great point. We're all in on this club. This is our club. We love this club. We, we we talk about them. We watch them. We get up at exorbitant hours a day to watch them. People in England travel hundreds of miles up and down the country to watch them. This is our club. We deserve a director of football who also is their club. I'm not saying he has to be British because I'm, I don't agree with that kind of sentimentality. I just agree he has to put in 100% effort. You can't put in 33.3% effort. Okay. Okay. Very good there. All right. Let's go back to which has been a terrible week for Fulham. Hey, I want to get your thoughts on Aston Villa. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Uh, <laughs> Give me your thoughts on Aston Villa. Um, like, what, concede four minutes in because Dennis Adore doesn't track his runner and Ariel like, slots. I mean, like, come on. I, we, we, don't, we make it harder on ourselves. We don't even give ourselves a chance to compete when we're going down 1-0 within the first five minutes. And I think the stat is we conceded eighth minute against Arsenal, fifth minute against Leeds, fourth minute against Villa. I mean, that, that's right there. Conceding early goal, goals, sloppiness, not turned on. Don't know what's said before the match in, in the dressing room, but it's obviously not working. And the worst thing is, I think you look at the second, the goals right after the second half. I think it's yeah. the same thing. Gabriel scored a, a minute after against Arsenal. Um, in the Leeds game, it was another couple, five or six minutes. And then uh, Tyron Ming scores, I think, like three minutes in on Monday night. So we're just so slow out of the block, coming out of the dressing room. Just, again... Simple defensive errors. You can just copy and paste what I said the past two weeks. I don't have to go on. We can make this easy. I can just go take a nice little nap. But it's the same things. And what was the worst part? The worst part 
was, again, the match is over before we've played an hour. And that's really a sad thing as a football fan is when you just want the referee to blow the final whistle. You know, I, I used to look forward to seeing Fulham play each week and thinking this is a chance. This is, a, this is the best part of my week seeing Fulham play, right? Right, exactly. But to have that really fun experience, this joyful experience, being cut short to the point where you want it to end half an hour early because we're already down three goals, that's a sad state of affairs. That's why I think it's a terrible week is that the joy of watching Fulham play has like, been extinguished this quickly. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Max, because uh, this will actually go to our conversation at the end of the show when we talk about the Wolves match. Scott Parker went to three center backs, and uh, he left his midfield with two in the middle, one being Tom Kearney, along with Anguissa, not strong enough against three in the middle for Aston Villa. So I'm just going to ask you, did Scott Parker get this wrong? But with a caveat. Who else did he have? Because he had Harrison Reed out, which I think was a major loss. Lamine is out. He could have put Anima in a midfield three. Did he get this wrong with the formation to start the match yeah. against Aston Villa? Should we be looking at that? Because I've not heard enough talk about that. So yeah. I want to get your thoughts about the tactics. He got it wrong. Simple as that. It was a tactical mistake. We lost the match 3-0 and the defense was not fixed. I don't envy his position again. He's in a terrible, terrible position because he's been given a championship team to play against the Premier League, and he's had to make everything work. Nothing's worked so far. I think the, the gamble to say, listen, our defense has been terrible, so let's put more center backs on the, on the pitch to try to counteract each other's mistakes. I think Mike Gregg brought it up at the podcast yep. a couple weeks ago. That could be an idea, just load the center backs, and hopefully they can cover for each other. Well, when you have three center backs who are, I'd say, probably equally poor, doesn't really work. It doesn't work. And I think you have to also, as you mentioned perfectly well, you have to think about the effects of that. It's all well and good to think about the center backs, but what is the implication it has on center midfield? That's right. And Gisa and Kearney, no one would describe them as defensive powerhouses, especially not when they're up against a man up in midfield. They're overrun. They don't track their runners. You know, And it happened over, over and over again. Yeah. So I think it was a tactical mistake. I think he should have changed to four at the back with more in the center midfield after he realized it wasn't working. But he didn't do that. Um, so, listen, Parker, Parker does not escape blame here. Yes, he's in a tough position. Yes, I don't think any manager can do that much better considering the players he has, but the gamble didn't pay off. And I hope against Wolves we don't do three at the back because it didn't work. Okay, all right. Before we talk about the Brentford loss, you've already mentioned it a little bit. I, I, again, one of the reasons why I want to just talk about this first is because he featured in the second half of this Brentford match. And uh, it's a, again, you're just talking about second half performance. I liked what I saw. And Fulham need a winger that offers what he offers. And uh, I've watched a lot about, I, I remember when he was a child, and I, I remember when he was at Everton. And I thought, man, he could be a good fit compared to the wingers we currently have. I think he's going to help us, but it's a small sample. And I want to be clear because and then I'm going to talk a little bit later about a, a player that has been extremely criticized for his performance. And am I being too much rushed to judgment on Lookman saying that, you know what, he looks like he could help us. The only time will tell, but on a small sample size, I think Lookman's going to help us. What are your thoughts? And, and, and we can also talk about his performance in the uh, Brentford match. Yeah, uh, he was the biggest positive out of the Brentford match, I definitely say. 
again, it's only 45 minutes. It's a cut match against championship opposition. So I wouldn't read too much into it, but he looked bright. And I think it actually papers, not papers are, but brings attention to an issue that's been papered over is that our attack is also terrible. Like we right. score goal. I mean, the Leeds match, oh, we got Oh, absolutely. But I mean, the other two matches, we scored nothing. We scored nothing again yet last night. We don't create enough. And I think part of that has to do with the wingers. You know, the wingers that we have just aren't good enough right now. They're not creating enough. Um, and all we do, is, as people have noted, just swing crosses into Mitrovic. Hopefully, Lookman will give us another goal threat. Another person that people have to mark. I hope standing so. In the, in the center of the box and marking Mitro. I think it's encouraging. And you're right. I've always rated him at Charlton, Everton, Leipzig. Yeah. He always looked a bright player. Um, and it's, it's a good situation for us because he wasn't getting playing time in Germany. They said, listen, you want to go on loan and, and we'll happily take him. I think he will be hungry to prove himself, which would be nice. And I think he goes right in the starting lineup, honestly. I agree with that. And like I said, I'm just going to mention this to be fair. I like what I saw. I'm encouraged by what I saw. But like you mentioned, Max, it's 45 minutes. We're going to have to see if he can continue to do it in the Premier League and not against, like you said, a championship team in a cup match. All right. Let's go a little bit deeper. And again, I'm just going to share my thoughts on this because – I don't care about losing to Brentford. I know others care about it, and I understand why because of the Brentford supporters and them being a, a very close rival to Fulham. I get all that, but it's a cup match, so I really didn't care what the result was. I actually wanted to see the performances to see if we could come up with some good performances. We mentioned Lookman. Beyond that, maybe Niskin Scabano. There really isn't much... There aren't that many positives to come out of this, and I wanted it more to be about the performances. I was hoping Anthony Robinson would play well. He really didn't. And then, of course, we have other poor performances throughout the roster. And then in in this match, you know, again, I'm looking at Jean-Michael Sarri. You know, it's funny because I went back to watch Get him out. the first goal. I went back to watch I, this, I'd, right? I'd pay another team to take it on okay. this point. What frustrated me, because we're going to talk about Ola Aina in a he second. Care. He doesn't care, Ross. He doesn't try. Right. That first goal, he was right there. And he did nothing to really take charge there. And then the goal happens. He could have made a difference. And I'm thinking, what is he doing out there? He's a passenger, my friend. And that, to me, was the frustrating part. John Michael Seri needs to go from Fulham. And uh, it's very sad to say that it has not worked out. He looked disinterested. Others have said the entire squad looked interested. But if you want to look at one person that really looked disinterested, it was Sari. Yeah. And it's, it's been like the, the entire time since he's been on Fulham. I'm sure he thrived in, in a Premier League team that passes the ball quickly, that is top half of the table. But that's not us. And, and he's, not, he's not the player for a team who's going to be battling against relegation. Um, and we know that. And the worst thing of it all, Ross, is that he knows it. And he plays like it. He plays like he's too good for it. He's too good to get in the tackle. He's too good to track back. But also, he's also too good to put the finish it, a wide open cut back from 12 yards out. He's, he's, he's far too good to, oh, because that would be too much for Sarri to put that in. No, he's just a blazing right. over. Um, listen, I, I do want to single him out because I think if you take it by pure talent, he's the most talented player at Fulham. Right. I think this guy's top class. But his attitude's been terrible since the day he's joined. He, he's joined a poor club admittedly, but. He's never once, I think, shown an attitude that he's going to work for it. He's always seen himself as above it, and we saw that uh, against Brentford. Because this is a guy who should be playing against Champions League opposition, right? Right. And he couldn't play against championship opposition. That, that just shows you the gulf in quality between his quality and Brentford's quality. 
but because of his mentality, he, he was terrible. I mean, he should theoretically a player like Sarri should be bossing that match. Right. Playing across the one, two, scoring goals, crosses, crossing passes, dribbling pass players. Instead, he, as you mentioned, a passenger, that's really disappointing. But you're right. It, it would be unfair to single him out because everyone in the squad looked, you know, honestly, under the shade. With the exception, I think, of Knockart, the first 15 minutes. Yep. Urbana when he was taking free kicks. Um, and I guess Hector when he was getting nutmegged because he actually looked pretty upset about that. That's about it. Okay. It's funny because uh, I was going to mention Hector. So let's go there right now. Because um, if you look at the three goals given up, and uh, you, you could see this video over and over again. And uh, I'm the one that has said time and time again, let's see Michael Hector in the Premier League. you got to give him time to adjust. And then you have this moment in a cup match, which was embarrassing. And I'm sure he was extremely embarrassed by, like you said, his reaction to it. But this one from Ben Rama just embarrassed Michael Hector. And uh, what are your thoughts on, on when that happened? Was that just the moment that that everything just exploded for us phone supporters? Because you're talking about laughingstock. This is a moment where you could say, okay, we are a laughingstock. Yeah. If you yeah, want to go down that road. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a cherry on top of the cake, honestly. We're already down 2-0. The number comes out, and then he produces a really curling finish from outside the box. And we're thinking... This is just this is just our not our week, you know. It just everything that could go wrong went wrong. And Hector, I mean Hector, I mean what, what what a curious case this is because we thought he'd be our best defender at, at, in terms of who's at the club right now. And I think there's an argument to be made. He's actually might have played worse than Reem so far. Yeah, it's an argument to be made. Which is sad to say. And again, another sad thing to say is this is the reason Chelsea shifted out on loan eight thousand times. This is the reason he's never played in the top flight before. He's, he's not he's not good enough for the top level of, of English football. And I'm still willing to give him a few more matches yeah, before, listen, before I go maybe. there. I'm a, I think based on what I've seen, and I can only talk about what I've seen, and I'm hoping yeah. he's get better, but I've seen the same type of errors in every single match he's played in that positioning, flat-footed, caught out. I mean, yeah, let's talk about caught out of position. The Ben Rama goal, that was, that was well outside his own 18-yard box. That's right. Diving in against a player he knows is very skilled. And as a center back, who's not the quickest, you give players space. You say, come on to me, you know, don't dive in, because things like that happen. Yep. And that's that kind of basic lack of positional awareness, basic lack of situational awareness that worries me, that says, I don't see this guy improving. I, I, I hope to God I'm wrong, because okay. I think he's our best shot. But again, he's showing nothing. We, we actually really need mind. him to perform. And see, that moment, even for myself, it shook me because I'm the one that have said, you got to give him time. You got to give him time. And then I'll make a judgment. I'm still not there yet, but it definitely shook me watching that because he's going to face players just like Ben Rama and he's going to have to do so much better. And that was uh, just a terrible moment for Michael Hector. Again, a great moment for, for Ben Rama, right? I mean, that was fantastic. He's great. And he should be a League player. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to buy him. I don't yep. know if we're still in for him, but he's the kind of creative player that I think we yep. so sorely lack because there are no players in the Fulham side right now that I'm thinking of right off the bat that can make something happen in like a creative that. sense like that. Yeah. Right? Oh, Who are the players that theoretically should be that? Theoretically, that's Tom Kearney. We know that Tom Kearney's gone, and, and I think the, the train has passed. We Careful, Max. You're going to really upset the Kearney well, fans. I think we're all past that moment when we can depend on Kearney to provide creative inspiration. 
I think I think at best he's he's a mediocre Premier League midfielder. And, and, I, and I, I, listen, I'm not enjoying this. I like Tom Kenny. He's a club, okay. club captain. Yeah. I've given up on him being the creative force we need. Okay. And then, I mean, Anima maybe. I think Anima's really good in dribbling situations, but he's not nearly consistent enough. I just maybe Lookman will be that player who can create something. Yeah, that, and that's, that's what I'm hoping. The, the but you still so probably bad. need yeah. another. Yeah. You probably need another one like him. Is so bad. We, there's like no creativity. There's nothing, and and I think that's also been papered over by the whole we need to buy center backs debate. But the other side of it is that we need goal scorers, but we also Absolutely. need creators. We need creative midfielders. We need some sort of passing and movement in the final third, which is just missing. It's just well, I thought Lamina might be that, but we haven't seen it from him. You know, again, he's been yeah. injured, and we only saw him in a bit performance. We're going to have to see if he could potentially be that player. I I don't know. But they certainly need more help, and that's why the end of this transfer window is huge. But before we move on from this match, I want to talk a little bit about this, about Ola Aina. And um, I've been going back and forth with a few people that I actually really respect on Twitter. And one of them is a co-host, and we've been going back and forth on his performance. I went back this morning and watched it again because I wanted to see and really concentrate on, on Ana. And uh, I've heard the terms awful many times with this performance. Now, again, he's coming back uh, or starting with us. He never was even on, on the bench, Max, from the time he came in. So we don't know the details. I don't know if he's been injured. I don't know if there's something else going on. And I think you understand what I mean, something else potentially going on. But he did not look to me when I watched it back fully fit because I was watching him run and he just did not look like he was going full force. I don't think he was uh, doing that because he was just haphazarding it or, or going half speed. I don't know if he was at full fitness. He was not great in this match, but I think it's unfair to make a judgment on a player for this particular match. Just like I said about Lookman, I think Lookman looks good. You can, Talk about the performance, but I again don't think it's fair on Ana to say he's not good enough for foam. It's w not enough sample size to say that. Yeah, yeah, I think you need to look at. It's important to step back and realize why people are putting so much weight on this one performance. Right? It's that the defense is terrible. We signed some defenders, and there's so much pressure on these new defenders to perform to be the right. answer to our defense. But I also role. here's my opinion on this. I also think. It's a shot at Tony Khan. I also think it's a shot at Tony Khan. Look, he failed on another one. I, I I think that's a part of this because people are so upset about the situation with defense. They are looking at any bad performance and they're just pointing the finger and they're thinking he did it again. He did not get us the player that we needed. So I I'm I, again I've I've dealt with this with with the Patriots, with number one draft picks that haven't panned out, and they get crucified more than the normal player, than the mid-round player. I think, and again, this could be just my theory, that some of what happened last night with Ana was really geared at Tony Khan. It's interesting. I don't know if I necessarily agree with all of that. Um, but I think that's probably part of it. But I think the other part of it, he just really played poorly. He had a really, really bad debut. But it's only this first match. I, I just saw, as I don't want to jump to conclusions with Lookman, I wouldn't do the same with Olaina. Um, but it, was, it wasn't encouraging. You know, I, at no. best, we can write it off as it was his first match, um, just fitting to the team. You're right. He hadn't even been on the bench, I think. He's right. pretty new as a squad. 
all understandable things, but um, it certainly wasn't encouraging to see him play like that against Brentford championship opposition again. Right. Uh, but I hope he will improve. And you're right. I'm not going to say he's awful or terrible. Right. Just like I'm, I'm not going to say look, Lookman is the best player ever. But right, exactly. And I think we we need to balance that. And I'll use this as an example because I can't stand Tottenham Hotspur supporters. Okay, I'm just going to say that they have crucified Ryan Sessegnon from Who? his first match. Yes, Who? Ryan Sessegnon. Who? Yes, I'm bringing up Ryan Sessegnon. Oh, no. Yeah, we because linked with him. I, from like Eintracht. <laughs> The point I'm making is that we're better than than Spurs supporters. So I'm just saying the way that they've treated him, let's not do the same thing to every player on their first performance. I understand if it's a recurring situation. Like we know who Reem is. If you want to go at Reem, you want to go at him, fine, because we know who Tim Reem is. Tim Reem's not a, a Premier League player. Dennis Adoy's not a Premier League player. This is his first match. So just don't write him off. That's my point. Don't do what Spurs fans have done to Ryan Sessegnon because they've taken it to another level that I knew was going to happen, and they've made life miserable for the kid. And I, you know, and and his confidence has to be shot too. So that's my point. You know, it's let's get behind these players. You know, they might turn out to be not good enough, but let's make sure that you know we're behind them. And then if they're not good enough, then we say they're not good enough. We don't know at this point. In Anna's situation, I don't know. I, you know, and I'll and I'll say the same thing. I don't know about Lookman. I think I do, but I don't know. It's such a short sample. What if against the Wolves match he plays terrible? Does that mean he's terrible now? So again, I I don't know. You know, again, I I think we need to give these situations a little bit more time before we make judgments. I understand why fans are quick to judge and they're angry right now. They are completely angry, Max. And I think that's also part of this. I know I brought up the Tony Khan thing because I think a lot of them are mad at Tony Khan. So I I might be reading too much into it, but I just know how another fan base reacts to players that come in that don't perform right away. Part of it has to do with Bill Belichick as the GM. It could be Tony Khan as the director of football. They're angry because they want results now. They wanted Aina to be fantastic like from the get-go. They wanted him to look like Lookman, and he didn't. And I think that is a disappointment, Max. It is. Um, but I think you mentioned we have to be – it's hard, but it's somewhat patient with players when they have the first couple performances because it, I think it honestly is a bit too early to judge most of the players. But, again, we don't, we don't have luxury of time in this situation. But we have to try that, try to understand. Okay. All right. I'm going to share this comment because Steve keeps – Sending comments, and uh, he wants us to cut to the chase, Max. Here we go. Cut to the chase. How much has Scotty had in transfers, and will he still be a form at Christmas? And I'm going to start. Steve, here's my opinion. I think he's involved. I think he's been involved from the get-go. But ultimately, I think I'm pretty sure it's Tony who makes the ultimate decision who comes in. I think he has input. I just don't know if it's – two or three or five people making decisions. I think it still ultimately comes down to Tony. I think he has a say and lets um, Tony know the players he wants. I think he's involved, but not to the point where he's the one making the decision. In regards to being here by Christmas, I'll be disappointed if he's not. He's not my 
choice, Max. I, I never wanted Scott Parker, nothing against him. I wanted a proven Premier League manager, championship slash manager last season. But I need to give him a year, and I'm sticking by that. Your thoughts? I think it's interesting because on one hand, Parker is actually, I think, one of the best candidates for a Fulham job because he understood the requirements and the kind of limits he'd have as a manager. Yep. Because he knew the Fulham system. He knew what kind of stats-based director of football control transfer policy we had and wouldn't make a big fuss like he candidates constantly did um, for years, just complaining. Parker's not that kind of guy. And actually, I think it's illuminating that Tony Khan's gone up publicly and, and mentioned how he made an exception, I think, to the tra- to the staff policy when signing Anima. Because Again, of the fact why is he doing that? that? that oh, wait, you're so you're well, no, but I think that was because of the fact that Parker advocated for him so strongly. So I think, so I think in that situation, yeah, um, that just shows Parker fits in better in the system than previous managers. To the sense where I don't think he'd walk because he actually might have appreciated that Tony Khan made that exception. Okay. But what I would say is that it, it's, he, I'm sure he's still very frustrated. I don't think he'll leave Fulham by Christmas. I think because I don't think we're going to bring another manager who's as forgiving as Parker. I think other managers would be furious that they don't yeah. have the control. Parker's a bit more forgiving because I think he has more time for this kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. It's not okay. ideal, certainly. It's not ideal. Okay. It's funny because I was just asked who would I want to, as a full manager right now I'm going to say Scott Parker because I want him to finish the year but if you ask me a year ago I would like someone it's funny because someone already commented I, I would have loved Eddie Howe that's someone that I would have loved and I'm just mentioning that real quick but right now I want them to stick with Scott Parker I don't want another manager so that's my answer on that okay coming up to end the show we are going to do a quick preview of Wolves and this is a big match for full okay Max let's get into previewing this match with Wolves, and uh, we won't spend too much time on it, but what's interesting about Wolves is that they've struggled out of the gate too, but they do have a victory. And uh, what are your thoughts on Wolves heading into this match for, on Sunday? They just lost 4-0 to West Ham, which yes. I was shocked by because West Ham looked like one of the poor teams who we'd be stuck in the mud with. Uh, so that was really surprising. Um, that gives me some hope, right, because they obviously have a bad performance in them. I don't know if it's going to play out the way that, you know, that bad performance got them angry, revitalized them, and now they're going to prove a point against us, or they're going to continue that poor form. I think on the face of it, they're actually one of the most exciting teams in the Premier League. And they have half the Portuguese national team on their side, maybe even <laughs> 75%. And it's ridiculous. You've mentioned the transfer policy with, um, you know, that agent, super agent. Yeah. They can just gain the system, but don't like it, but they do very well at it. They do. Uh, I really respect Jimenez and Chiara. I think they're one of the best attacking duos. Chiara scares me every time the ball. I, I, I think he will. He will destroy us. Honestly, I think we will be completely undone by him. Um, not looking forward to that. But they also a lot of really nice creative players. Matinho, Neves. Um, they just lost Hota, but I think they have a, lo- yep. a lot of really great quality throughout the side. But they have good balance. They have. They have yeah. balance. I mean, yeah. honestly, the thing is, we went up in the same year as them, and they're light years ahead of us in in terms of the progression. So. I think we're definitely underdogs. I think the best result I'd hope for is, is a draw. Okay. And I would tend to agree with that. All right. Let's jump ahead. And based on how Wolves play, you know, we'll we'll talk about that when, when I get your starting 11 because they generally play three at the back. It's generally a 3-4-3. A three, three. So who are key players for Fulham against Wolves? You just talked about a player that scares the hell out of me, and that's Triori. 
How are you going to deal with that? Who has to play well to get, say, a draw? You know, I'd be happy with a draw. Who has to play well? I think the fullbacks, as you as you're alluding to there, fullbacks have to be big. Brian and I guess Tete's out, right? So, yeah. Olina or Adoy? It, it might it's, be Adoy. It's it's not looking very strong in that position no. at all. So that's a worry. I think obviously the center backs are a big big thing, but also I'm I'm looking out for Lookman. I think we'll definitely probably play on the counter this match. We I don't think yep. we have the majority of the ball, and we probably won't have that many shots on target, so we have to make the most of the attacks we have. I'd love to see what Lookman can do. Sure. Um, given the 90 minutes. I'm there with you, and that's going to lead to just get Max's keys to victory. And uh, a victory would be fantastic. Like you said, you and I would be happy with a point. How, do, how does Fulham win this match? What are your keys to victory? First thing is just go throughout the first 10 minutes without conceding. <laughs> we always give ourselves such a Herculean task to overcome because we're already down before they, we even settle into our chairs, you know? Keep a clean sheet for the first 15 minutes and then try to build on from there. You just need to have a solid foundation. Um, so the first thing is don't concede early, you know? Be yep. vigilant early on. I think what also needs to happen is that I think we need some sentiment field presence, you know? I love seeing Gisa get involved more than they did against Villa. Break out the play combined with Kearney. So often our attacks just come down the wings and it's very predictable for the opposition. So when we counter, I'd say mix it up, you know, get, get the sentiments involved. Runs from deep. We don't really have that. And a, a lot of what we do, as I mentioned this last year, is crosses that defenders, center, central defenders can see in front of them, crosses right to Mitrovic, which are very easily cleared. Very rarely do we have cutbacks, defenders making runs in behind, you know. Let's try to spice up our attack. Let's not be so one-dimensional when we get in the final third. Um and then I, those are the big ones, and just don't make silly defensive errors. Mark up on corners. Don't okay. dive, don't don't have your center backs dragged up to the halfway line. We have terrible yeah. on set pieces. Yeah. I'm just going to say that yeah. horrific on set pieces. They need to do a better job on that. Okay, Max, let's go to starting eleven. Give me your starting eleven, but also let's talk about the formation. Mm, As I, I mentioned, yeah. they tend to play three at the back. In fact, they they all seem to always play three at the back. So keep that in mind. Do you go with a starting eleven? dare I say, play three at the back again? Or do you go with a traditional, say, I, I don't know, four, two, three, one? What do you do against this team? This team likes to counter too. So this is a very difficult choice for Scott Parker. So give me your starting 11. And also, what formation do you use? Yeah, I, I would do four, two, three, one. I just think it's more solid and they're more conventional, but I think the players probably know it better. Um, I think Ariel and goal... Listen, give give Raymond Hector another shot. I think Adore has shown he's not he's not good enough. Okay, I I'm saying, but Raymond Hector is who I'd start with. I guess Brian and and Adore. Adore, I had to say. I mean, we don't have many options, but I think Adore is probably the best option based on what I've seen of Aina. But it's okay. also very limited. Uh, and Gisa, and I guess Reed and Lamine are still out. Yeah. So who goes? Who goes beside him? I think it has to be Kearney and then Anima. As as attacking one, that's what it seems like, or, or some some combination of that. Do you have Anima along with Ngisa, and then you have Kearney going? I don't. I think Anima is kind of better in that you know pinpoint of the triangle, yeah. more attacking of the three. Okay, but I don't love Kearney in that position either. But again, I, I, I don't like, at all. Here's a bad sign, guys. When we're going through the starting lineup and we're 
you know, barely getting these players' names out because we're so resigned to how bad it sounds hearing come out of our mouth. Yeah. That's when you know it's not going to, it might not be the best Sunday morning. The options um, right now in central <laughs> midfield, the combinations are just not good because, yeah. again, you don't have the right combinations because you're missing Reed. We don't know what we have in Lamina. I hope he is an asset, but I think Harrison Reed is a huge miss right now. Yeah, for sure. And I get, I'd say Lookman on the left. Okay. The right, I think, is a battle between Dekadova, Reed, and Kamara. I might give it just to Bobby because I think he's been better in yep. the Premier League than Kamara's been this season. And then Mitchell to top. Okay. All right. All right, my friend. Uh, before we go to predictions and anyone watching us live, please feel free to share your predictions. Um, it's funny. I'm just going to share this one with uh, with you, Max. Best game plan <laughs> is to sleep in. Yeah, I Come understand on. that. Let's see. Now, this is an interesting one because I was thinking about this as well, and I want to give the Fulmish guys credit because they mentioned this. Steph Joe holding if Reed isn't fit. What do you think about that? I don't think Stephen Johansson is, is good enough for the Premier League, and we, we saw that last time around. Does he give a different type of player in terms of he's more combative, more physical, will get stuck yep. in? Yes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd start him, though. Okay. But listen, I'll get it. What we're doing now isn't working, so maybe that's – that's just like a part of the answer is to get Steffio in there and just kick people. Who knows? Okay. All right, guys. The comments are coming in for the prediction, so I'm going to start sharing. We got a few. Gary Cooper five nil to Wolves. <laughs> You're going to see the confidence just showing itself. Constantino Trippi three nil to Wolves. Okay, so we got a, a couple. Max, what's your prediction? I don't like coming out here and predicting a full loss, but I, I can't really see anything else at the moment. I don't think it'll be that emphatic. I'm, I'm hoping for a 2-1. 2-1 Wolves. But that's... Okay. My prediction is this. I'm going 3-1 to one to Wolves, but I'm also going to say, I don't know how we're going to score a goal, but I'm going to say we're going to score a goal. So I'm going 3-1 to one to Wolves, and um, we've been giving up three goals, seems like, regularly, so why should that change? So I'm going 3-1. to one. To Wolves, and uh, I'm not expecting anything from this match. I know we were given the ways Fulham could actually get a draw, potentially win, but uh, I think the odds are slim right now. And I think part of it, Max, goes back to the beginning of, of the show, and this is something that Scott Parker has to deal with. The confidence has to be so low right now. How do you change it? The only way you can really get it going is you have to find a way to win and build on a win. At this point, get a draw. You know, again, you need something that you can hold on to to build on. Right now, they have nothing. So it's very difficult to change that mentality because right now it's a losing mentality. And until you change it around, it, it, can, it can continue, it can fester, it can grow. That's the problem here because now you're facing a team that could actually really do a number on you and continue – this downslide and the criticism will continue. The laughing stock comments will continue if they lose three to one. If it's close, maybe those comments aren't as prevalent, but it'll still be a loss. In the end, it's a loss. You know, it, that doesn't matter. But Max, do you think if it's a good performance, but they lose, that's a positive or is it all about the scoreboard is it you know is it about the table 
I think if it's if it's a good performance, people will be encouraged um, because we're not quite at the sense when it's it's truly there is it's all results right now. I mean, results are important, but we're not quite there yet. Still, you know, yeah. three four matches in. I, but I think a performance will do a lot to inspire confidence. You know, if we make it close, give give Wolves a, a good game of it, hopefully even get a goal, keep it, don't concede early on. I think it will show improvement. Um, but I, I'm not hopeful of that. I, I, maybe against all odds you can do it, but I just I just don't see anything in this current team that that will do that. You know, okay. this this team, and we've mentioned this at all, but yep. we we lack leaders. That's I look a at the big pitch, problem, and I don't see someone who's going to read some of the riot act or, or marshal the defense or even inspire people when the heads are down you know it was last person that did that was kevin mcdonald i know but i'm not advocating for him because yeah again he's not good enough and we can't he's not a cheerleader on the pitch i love the guy and again he's the only one i think in the the current squad who can do that and and he's leaving most likely so you know leaders are very hard to find you know you can't just buy them they need to be developed that needs to be within their personality trait but it's very difficult for us, I think, because when we go down, as you mentioned, the heads drop, the mentality festers, yep. and there's no one, I, I don't see anyone on the current team who will knock the players out of mentality. Okay. I'm going to share a couple more comments. This one is a prediction. How about a lucky 1-1? Jim, I would take a, a lucky 1-1. I don't care how you got it. If it bounced off of um, Mitro's head backwards or whatever or is behind, I don't care. I, I would take a 1-1 draw any way that you could. I do have to share this. This actually made me laugh when I saw this, Max. I don't know if you saw this comment. This made me laugh. Any chance Rodak <laughs> plays center half, that made me laugh. That just tells you how bad it is. The, Fabry. You know. Put Fabry left wing. You know, that'd be nice. <laughs> Get everyone in there. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, again, it's, uh, it's terrible times. But it's funny because there's one – comment that I, I didn't put down and maybe I'll end with this because again, I actually tweeted something out about this. It is um, three matches in, in the league and it is panic stations, Max it's panic stations, right? And I'm going to leave everyone with this. It's easy to look at the results right now and think that it's going to be terrible because that's the way it's trending. Things can change and things can change quickly if they get the players in that they need. So we'll see what happens at the end of the transfer window. But it is only three matches in. I'm not at panic stations yet, but that's me because I'm a positive guy. I understand why people are there. I'm just going to say just let's give it a little bit more time before we're talking relegation. It's three matches in. Things can change. And I'll just leave everyone with that. All right. Before we go, I just want to thank Max, as always, for joining me. And it was early, Max. Thank you for, for doing the show with me. No problem. It's great to get the blood flowing early in the morning, get some right. ranting out off my chest. And, you know, Sunday morning, we'll see where we are. Five minutes into the match, I'm praying we'll still be no-no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or as uh, someone commented, maybe it's a, a good morning just to uh, take a nap or something like that. Sure. Or, just <laughs> or, or get up late. Anyways, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cars Talk. I just want to thank my co-host one more time, Max Cohen. I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.